This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol Lawrence here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And you have a great idea for a program today. Well, I would love to think it's my idea, but then I'd be stealing it because it came (laughs) from from somebody else, which I'm very happy. You know, I got that little note. This one actually came from Jenna during the morning meditation today. And to paraphrase the question, and I'll paraphrase it, and you can get around it the way that you actually want to ask it, is when we have a friend who's going through struggles, and they could really be helped by thought principles, but they don't believe it, what do we do? Okay, so if I were ask that in the question form, I would say that are the new thought principles, do they work if you're not a believer in new thought, if you're not a follower of new thought, and you don't have any other faith tradition, or you just don't do church at all, or you don't do whatever else it is at all. You don't even do God at all. Do those principles work? Do the principles work? And the fact of the matter is, if they're principles, then they work. Like if somebody were to stand there saying, I don't believe in gravity, would that make them immune to gravity? I don't think so. If somebody were to say, I don't believe in electricity, and then picked up the two wires, do you think they would be immune to the effect of the electrical, the current flowing? And the answer to that is Probably not. So all principles work exactly the same way. You know, there's uh, gravity. I don't believe in gravity. Stand on the the top of a tall building and step off. And something's going to happen. And it may not be what you wanted to have happen. It really doesn't make any difference what you believed. In the movie City of Angels, it says, when something's true, it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. And that's true, capital T, truth. And the same thing for the creative principle. It's always working. And Jesus said very clearly, it is done unto you as you believe. Actually, he said it was phrased differently, but that's the way people think of it. As you have believed, so it's done. And it is all about our belief. And that is because there is a creative law in the universe that responds to consciousness, responds to conscious intention to create or form or, big word, outpicture that consciousness in the world around us. And the principle, the law that's responding is always responding and it works for everybody. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. It doesn't care. It doesn't care whether you believe it or not. You're going to bring an umbrella or you're going to get wet. And the principle is always working. And that's really easy for us to say because we've seen the principle at work and we know how to work it. And we've been spending all of this time learning the nuance about how it works. So it's really obvious to us. But to somebody who doesn't believe it or hasn't seen it or doesn't have any experience with it, it can seem like magic and it seems like you can fold your arms and say, I don't believe it. And that's going to make you exempt. So let's go back a little bit because this is not a hard subject, but it can feel like that. 
you used the word consciousness. So maybe you could talk about that a minute so that we could bring this together and we know what the law is working with or responding to. Okay. And I actually started that by talking about principle and how principle works. And that's from the perspective of somebody who understands it, who understands the creative law and the cause and effect. The cause is always in consciousness and the effect is always in the world around us. For people who don't necessarily believe that or don't have a framework to believe that or don't have a spiritual background and they don't think of something you know, as responding through prayer, what I always like to talk about is all this came from someplace. So before there was you and me, there was something else. Okay, it was our parents. Okay, we trace that back. So you go back you know, generation upon generation upon generation, and eventually you get back to something. And for most people with a scientific bent, that's the Big Bang, because they understand that evolution has been at work, and they know that there were dinosaurs, and they know that the galaxy is expanding, the redshift and all the rest of that stuff, and that the physicists have been able to trace back the life of the universe to about 14.2 billion years so far. And it has been expanding from a singularity ever since. So it's like, okay, everything came from that. So I believe in a big bang. And some people think that if they're believing in scripture, in the beginning, there was darkness and void and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And those are two different ways of explaining the creative process in the universe differently. One with God being an intentional consciousness and with the Big Bang of that everything suddenly beginning to form itself out of that singularity, uh, which is a oneness. But regardless, we can all trace ourselves back to that creation. There was only the singularity. There wasn't the singularity and some other stuff. So if that's the case, then everything that exists came from that one, and it's been expanding and unfolding and evolving ever since. And finally, 14.2 billion years in, it got to you and me and whoever is coming up with their issue or their challenge. The point is that the same creative process that created everything is still operative. It's still creating. There is still that unfolding. And we then take a tiny little step and say, are you willing to accept the notion that there is some higher power? There's some organizing intelligence that's bringing this out, bringing this into being beyond just a coincidence even if it's evolution and allowing the good pieces to stick around and the pieces that aren't working to go away. You know, for you know, Darwin described that not really as survival of the fittest, but that there is a tendency for the successful and effective ones to replicate and continue growing and expanding. And in most cases, there's the acknowledgement, yeah, there's something. There's something. And that's what we talk about. Okay, well, we're going to invite that something, that happy coincidence, that willingness to have the law of averages have a low and a high. And we're just going to align ourselves with the high side of the law of averages. And we're going to partner with our higher power to do that. And so that's the first way that I get into principle with somebody who's going through a struggle and doesn't have the framework for it. And the second way is to point out, as we have spoken often, that whatever the circumstances, it gets better. It can certainly get better. We have all been in circumstances where it seemed dire and horrible and terrible, and then it got better. So if that's possible, then that's what we're going to invite. We're going to invite for it to get better. And in the meantime, we're going to do the best that we can to be okay. So what do you mean when you say invite? That's the consciousness part. Everybody knows what worry is. And worry is where you're thinking about things that you don't want to have happen over and over and over again, and really not wanting them to happen, but thinking about them a lot. And 
what we're going to do when we find ourselves worrying and thinking about the experience that we don't want is we're going to turn that around. Okay, I don't want that stuff that I'm worrying about. What do I want instead? What do I want to have instead of that experience? And that's the invitation. I'm going to turn away from my worry towards the opposite, towards the converse of my worry and put my attention on what I want to have in my life rather than on what I'm afraid I'm going to have when I get what I don't want. So when I say invite, that's what it is. It's about changing our perspective, changing our consciousness from one of gloom and doom and trying to protect ourselves from the bad to, all right, if this got better, what would it be like? And put our focus and energy on that. And so that's engaging with the principle at the very outset of it. Yeah, at a very basic level. And you don't have to have technique to do that. And you don't have to have understanding of principle. You just have to have the willingness to take a little tiny step in that direction. Yeah, a little bit of willingness to see what's going to happen. Sometimes when I share with people a willingness, there's still a resistance. So I like to think, take a shot. Just see what happens. You know, not like the rest of your life. You're not making a lifetime commitment here. But how about just a day, half day, and leave room to see, and I do love this term, you know, see if the magic happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, because something's going to happen. Number one, when you have a change of attitude, change of mind, at least if you're willing and open. That invites the opportunity, I think, for things to happen in a different way. Mm -hmm. There are a lot, a lot, a lot of teachers who are doing self-help stuff, affirmations and things like that, which are in vogue. So even if somebody's not doing the spiritual components that we're doing, where we're taking it to principle, they understand that there are a bunch of people who think that affirmations work. Now they might think, nah, how could that possibly work? But that's pretty much what we're inviting people to try. So instead of being negative about all the bad things that are going to happen that you don't like, let's turn it around to an affirmation. What do you want to have happen instead? They clear out that underbrush and let yourself consider the possibility that it's going to get better. And then perhaps it will, or maybe not, but perhaps it will. Well, if nothing else, you know, everything changes. Nothing stays the same. Right. So if you give it a shot, <laughs> just give it a shot that it could possibly change for the better if my attitude is a little bit different, you know, because for sure it's not working the way my attitude's working right now. <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about me in particular, but you know, it's just giving, I like to use terms like just give spirit a chance or give life a chance, you know, because the question came in about people who don't have a religious tradition and so it's giving God a chance may not work because if you don't have a tradition, maybe there's no God there, but give it a chance. Give time, opportunity, a chance if you change your attitude a little bit, just a little bit. And I'm such a believer. Like I say that with huge conviction because I know if you do just a little bit of change, something noticeable enough will happen to kind of invite you in to mm -hmm. a continued experience. I have found that me pushing things around in the level of condition, I'm pretty talented. I can make stuff happen just at my own ego level. And when I am partnering with that infinite creative power that creates everything, first of all, the stuff that gets accomplished is much, much grander 
And second of all, it's a lot easier for me <laughs> because I'm not lifting all those rocks by myself. Yeah. Well, it's good news to me that I don't have to make it happen. It doesn't depend on my skill or ability or talents or gifts or whatever you want to call it. Because I was always, always been pretty confident in what I can do. And I still am. But I also know that that's not enough. That all that I have is just an offering, so to speak. That if I give this as an offering, that all the power in the universe, all the magic, which is my thing, but I know it's not like Disney magic. But if I give this offering to the power that's greater than I am, Imagine what will come out of that. And if nothing else, you say, okay, you've been going down this road. How's that been working out for you? <laughs> you know, sometimes it just gets down. So how about just try something a little bit different for a few hours and see? You know, if nothing else, you'll feel better. And then you can go from there. Now I've got three things that I want to talk about because you're talking about it's not Disney magic. And I was just watching a documentary on the Imagineers at Disney, who are the team of people who Walt Disney said, okay, you've been animators and filmmakers. I want you to build Disneyland. And it's going to be audio animatronics, which was a category that had not existed up until then. They figured it out. And when you first see the Hall of Presidents, it's like, wow, there's a lot going on here. But when you look behind the scenes, you can understand how the magic works. You know, they started out with nothing and they started putting a whole bunch of pieces together and they wound up with something that somebody would never have been able to guess to begin with. But now if you look backwards, you can understand how it was that they did it. So that's the way the magic works. We're inviting something to happen without knowing how it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And the other two things that came to mind, first off is that Ernest Holmes had a great way of describing how principle works for people who don't believe the principle works. And the other one is, would you rather engage an agnostic or an atheist in this? And let us take a break and we'll come back with that question and more. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand? That's right. You can take it at your own pace anytime you want. All of the information is at bethelight.com. That's b-the-light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice. There are experiential activities and exercises. And at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at bethelight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. I got caught up in the uh, little commercial sort of, because I'm excited for you. So I was- like, The debut you know. of the online class, the on-demand class. Yeah. yeah, I'm really excited about that. So we were talking before about uh, atheists or agnostics, and which one would you rather work with? And to me, it was a counterintuitive answer. And I didn't answer the question. I discovered this. 
and I discovered it working with teenagers in my teen group. If you give me a 12-year-old atheist, I will give you a young adult new thought practitioner. And with the agnostics, it's much more difficult. And the reason is the agnostics come in saying, I don't know, and it's limp. It's quite flaccid because they don't have anything to push against. Whereas the atheists come in with a strong belief that there is not a God and they have a God sense. They have a framework for it. So having the conversation leaves room for the breakthrough to happen because they tend to be much more willing to engage. And that's the creative process. So have you had an experience with that or it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter to me whether you believe that there's a God or not. Because number one, I always say, well, how's that working out for you? And most of the time it's not working real great. So let's look at something else. And the assumption is, I like the way Ernest Holmes puts it, and I hope I get this correct, but he said that there's a power in the universe greater than you are and you can use it. That's all I need to know. The power can be anything you want it to be. You can call it anything you want. But there is something greater than we are. And pretty much anybody will agree to that. So let's see how the power works. And that's the real deal to me. How does it work? And how do we work it? Yeah, how do we work it? Well, it's how it works and then how you and I engage with how it works. Because you talk about gravity, you talk about electricity, anything. You know, you can talk about a car. This is how the car works. And how do you get it to work for you? You have to stick the key in the thing and turn it so you can engage with everything that's going on. And so it's like the point where this power intersects and I intersect. And it will define itself as we go forward. There's something about the line that you just mentioned. Ernest Holmes used that to open his radio show. There's a power for good in the universe greater than you are, and you can use it. Now, he, in his early career, was like a platform speaker. And he would go around, and that was his job. He would do these talks from platform. It was before there was television. And so when there was radio, he did that. Raymond Charles Barker, who was in New York, did uh, open his radio show the same way. There's a power for good in the universe greater than you are, and you can use it. And that's not exactly true, because there's a power for good in the universe greater than you are, and you are using it. Not you can use it. You have to use it. That's all there is. That is the creative power in the universe, and it creates everything, including us, and everything we create is using that same power. So it's not like you can choose not to use it. But that doesn't sound quite as hypey as you'd like to open a radio show with. Yeah, but I mean, when you take it down to the level of belief or unbelief, I will meet you where you are at your level of unbelief. So in that regard, you can use it or not use it. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I know it's going to work. I mean, it's always in operation. The spiritual laws are always operative in the universe. So we know that. But when somebody doesn't believe in that, you take them to where you can believe it. What do, you, what do you believe? Mm -hmm. And here's this ego thing that I'm just not as articulate about it as you are, but we can be all in ourselves and what we can do, you know, the power that we have. And then here comes the question again, how's that working out for you? It works out fine until you are trying to do something that is beyond your ability, you know, and then you're calling in luck. That's what you're dealing with. <laughs> and so it's like that. I don't know if you were ever a non-believer in anything, like no God or whatever. But for me and people that I know, luck is what you're after. Like that's the lowest level of anything. 
It's nice to have, but it shows favoritism, right? Everybody's not lucky. There is such a thing as the law of averages. On average, people live at about an average level. And the average, you know, life experience, you know, the quality of life goes up and down. So when there are lots of people who are having uncomfortable and happy life experiences, then the average goes down. And when there are people who are doing better, it goes up. And it's not locked into a particular place. So there is a law of averages. If we let go of our ability to use the creative law constructively, then we're going to live according to the law of averages. The good stuff happens to us sometimes, and the bad stuff happens to us sometimes. And good and bad, by the way, are just labels that we're putting on the stuff that happens. It comes at us at the same speed. What we're doing when we are partnering with that infinite creative law is we are living above average. We're inviting ourselves to be part of the group that's living above the law of average. And I like to say people in New Thought have the ability to live well above the law of averages because we live well and we're well above the average and we can do that. And it's because the principle is always working. So let me lay that juxtaposed to church because this is very interesting to hear you talk about New Thought and law of averages and all of that. The whole idea in church is to give people hope. Mm -hmm. Now, it's the same thing. It's just the way it's presented. So when you come to my church in the past tense, you come to my church, I'm not so much trying to deal with the reality of your life. Reality of life stinks. <laughs> I mean, crap falls on everybody. It just depends on the day of the week. You know, this is your, everybody's got a story mm -hmm. and this is your story today and calm down because right behind you, there's somebody else with another story. So if you stay with that, there is a sense of hopelessness. Well, if I pray hard enough, and to give someone hope is to point to something greater and say that that greater is in your corner, that greater is on your side, that greater is pulling for you. Mm -hmm. And you attach, I guess that's the energy thing, you attach to that. That's a change in mind. That's just simply what it is. It's taking your mind off of the crap that happens to everybody and think that something greater is possible for me. And sometimes it's just that simple. You don't think that there's anything possible for you. One, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. I'm a wretched sinner undone or whatever the words are. People you know, in my I'm family a, have never gotten that sort of thing. Never gotten it. You know what? It's hereditary. <laughs> That's hereditary. All of that is in the pot of crap. Yeah. All right. So let's just see if there is another. That's why I love that word possibility, mm -hmm. because all you need is just this much, you know, just a teeny bit. And what can this power that's in the universe do with just a teeny bit? Right. And what we say is that that creative law always says yes. When we come up with an affirmation that's powerful, positive, personal, and present tense, it, the answer is going to be yes. And in fact, the answer is going to be yes, regardless of what the question is. It's always going to be yes, which is why we want to stop worrying and start inviting something different into our experience. Because if I'm worrying about losing my job, then eventually there's going to be a yes and I get to lose my job. Well, why go through that? It's not necessary. Now, Ernest Holmes actually addressed this in one of the twistiest and most beautiful portions of the Science of Mind textbooks on page 52, where he talks about what happens when you don't believe. He says, because it is a law and law is no respecter of persons, we are surrounded by an intelligent force and substance from which all things come, the ultimate essence in the invisible and subjective world of all visible and objective forms and conditions. It is around us in its original state, ready and willing to take form through the impulse of our creative belief. It works for us by flowing through us. The law we did not create, the law we cannot change. We can use it correctly only as we understand and use it according to its nature. 
And this is where it gets twisty. Hence, it follows that if we believe that it will not work, it really works by appearing to not work. When we believe that it cannot and will not, then according to the principle, it does not. But when it does not, it still does. Only it does according to our belief that it will not. This is our own punishment through the law of cause and effect. We do not enter in because of our doubts and fears. It is not a punishment imposed upon us by the Spirit of God, but an automatic result of failing constructively to use the law of God, the law of creation. Just an FYI, like when I first found a Science of Mind textbook in a bunch of books, and I'm reading, got to page 52. <laughs> Blows the circuit breakers out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm reading this thing, and I thought, well, okay, so I got a regular dictionary next to me, and I found a new thought dictionary of terms, and I'm going through this thing. And I got to tell you, I stayed on page 52. It had to be months. Mm -hmm. The law always works, even when it works by appearing not to work. When it appears not to. But then again, if I'm explaining it to somebody, you know what? It works because when you expect negative things to happen, it happens. And if you let people talk long enough, they're going to tell you what they put out there. And that's exactly what happens. That's what it means that the universe is saying yes, or God is saying yes, or whatever. Took me a minute. Mm -hmm. But here's the other thing. It's divorcing the idea of morality. And that's a strong thought, saying that God doesn't operate on moral principles necessarily. You know, not whether it's a good idea or not such a good idea. It's an idea. Mm -hmm. And you put it out there and it's yes. And if you allow people to explain their life well enough, at the end of the explanation, they get it. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's what you put out. Now I'm asking you to have the guts to give it a shot and change it. And I think that's where the rubber meets the road. Do you have the nerve, the courage to try something different? If not, I'll see you in a week and see how you know. Yeah. Think of it instead of being God or a principle or a law of nature, think of it being an incredibly indulgent grandmother. You know, grandma's going to say yes to whatever it is that you want. You want to Grandma, I want to have cake and ice cream and candy all the time. I want to eat fried chicken and mashed potatoes all the time. And I love fried foods. Can I have that? And grandma says, yes, you can. And you say, grandma, I want to win freestyle swimming in the Olympics. Can I do that? And grandma says, yes, you can. You say, can I do both? And grandma says, no, you cannot. <laughs> You're going to have to choose. <laughs> Let me just throw this out there. You know, <laughs> this idea, grandma, right? This image is highly cultural, man. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you. Yes, you can. Because I can't think yes, of a grandma can. that I know that will do that. But I get the idea. It can be any overly adult because... What we're putting out there is, this is the life that I want to be leading. This is the experience I want to be having. Can I do that? Yes. Are there implications of that? Yes. Are there consequences? Yes. Yes, there always are. So what we need to do is let go of our attachment to being able to do things exactly the way that we want them to happen and instead invite in that experience so that we get to participate with it. And maybe along the way to becoming an Olympic level athlete, I can have you know some fried chicken or you know some ice cream, maybe. But maybe not all the time. And maybe there's going to be something else that has to be doing. Do I have to train? Yeah, I probably do have to train. You know, there will be pieces that are mine to do. And by partnering with the infinite, I get the guidance and the insight and I get the steps that are mine to take. And then I get to have that opportunity unfolding because the law always works. And when we believe it works and we partner with it working, then it works for us and with us and through us. 
I had a flashback while you were talking. You know, uh, <laughs> to something good, I hope. <laughs> well, yeah, it's really good. It was a sermon. And I was, oh, you made me go right back to that pulpit that I was standing. I remember that moment. I said, I was talking about free will and how we have free will. We could do anything we choose to do. And, oh, when I got finished, there was so much hate <laughs> spewed at me about that. <laughs> You can't do anything. Yes, you can. I didn't say there were no consequences. And that's the part that, you know, folks like to not consider. You can do whatever you want. Yes, you can. There are positive consequences, negative consequences. If you don't want to think about consequences, then you can push your theological agenda <laughs> forward to exclude free will. But that's not capital T truth, you know. So what do you want to do with this? You want capital T truth. Now you're getting into a realm that really calls for a level of spiritual maturity or intellectual maturity as well. And say that, yeah, I really can do anything I want, but there are consequences. And I think that even that idea casts a shade on the God that you think or the God that you imagine. I'm doing this thing on models of God. And so that really determines how you pray, how you live, how you think, you know, how your faith thing works out. Mm -hmm. And you've got to have enough courage, intellectual courage to say, let me put this on the table. Mm -hmm. It's easier not to, but then you run into what we talk about here. Things don't change. Well, yeah, if it is done as you believe, and there's stuff that you believe that you're not talking about, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen that way. It's the belief. It's not the claim. Let's take another break, and then we're going to do a prayer, and it's about living above the law of averages. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. This has been an amazing discussion, I think. Indeed. And we're going to do a prayer now. And the prayer is going to be on living above the law of averages. As we have discussed, the law of averages applies because on average, we all live that average level. And there are 8 billion people on planet Earth now. And on average, we live at that average level. However, none of us is average. We're just we're playing into this one in eight billion game and accepting that that's the way things are. But obviously, there are some people who live below average, some people who live above average. And 
if there's all sorts of different areas of our life, then they have the ability to give us those tendencies. Maybe our health is a little above average or our income is a little below average. Maybe our joy of life is a little above and something else is a little bit below. And when we have that understanding, that belief that we're going to be living according to the law of averages, then we're going to live pretty much at that average level. And it's certainly possible, but it's not necessary. It is not necessary to live that way. And as an example, I invite you to take a deep breath in, a long, full, slow breath out, and continue breathing. And notice that with that inhale and that exhale, the average was just like in the middle with nothing going on. Now, you don't actually want to be trying to live there with your breath being at average. There's a little bit in, there's a little bit out, and it's the process. It's that process of breathing in and breathing out. Now, on average, we're not doing anything. But in fact, we are able to move our life forward by having that inhale be exactly what's necessary when we're having it and have that exhale be exactly what's necessary as we're releasing it and continue along on the path, inviting in more and more and more of our good. There is no force anywhere that says we have to be limited in one area of our life based on something that's going on in a different area of our life. We are living in infinite creative universe that is willing to create anything. Not willing, it does. It is always saying yes. It is always saying yes to creative impulse. And that creative impulse is in consciousness. That creative impulse began as the one, the higher power, God, source, nature, the creator, whatever it was that said, let there be this new experience. It could have been sharing itself as the Big Bang. And everything is evolving from that, the galaxies and the planets and the people and the places and all of the evolution that's happened unfolding that way. It could be much more scriptural of in the beginning, there was darkness and void and God said, let there be light. Whatever that source is, whatever that starting point is, it has been continuing to grow and evolve and unfold. And everything that exists can trace its lineage back to the one, to that intention of boom, and let there be more and more and more. And that includes each of us. And since that starting point was in consciousness, that starting point was that intentionality of going from not expanding to expanding, of not light to there's being light. That's continuing. The response continues to be yes to whatever that positive intention is. Let there be more good in my life. Let there be more of whatever it is that we're inviting in our life. So that's the prayer. To be able to turn our attention away from the circumstance and the situation and the stuff in the world around us and focus on the truth that's within and behind and beneath all of the good that's and all of the everything that exists everywhere. To know that we are divine and perfect expressions of that infinite creative power, that we are imbued and endowed with that same creative power, the ability to set an intention in consciousness and activate that creative law. And a thing in the universe is going on about as average, and that does not limit us in any way there is the possibility for any of our experiences to be well above average in all sorts of different ways. We can be above average in our experience of health and vitality. We can be in that experience of love and connection and harmony and relationship. It can be as good as we can possibly imagine and even better than that. The same thing with our prosperity, our experience of enoughness. There is plenty for us to live our lives richly and fully and joyously. Creativity is available, the ability to share our gifts and talents and skills, our awareness of our spiritual nature. There's no limit to the extent that that can grow to. And what we can do 
And what I am claiming now for each of us is to be living well above the law of averages. Whatever average the world around us is experiencing, whatever the average we thought was previously, it is possible to transcend and exceed that. And that's what I'm claiming right now. Good and more good and more good unfolding for each of us and for all of us. That good is at hand now. It is in process now. That universal creative law is saying yes now. And the good that we are inviting, the good that we are anticipating, the good that we are turning our attention to is unfolding for us now. More quickly, more richly, more joyously, more thoroughly, and more easily than we ever thought possible. That good is at hand. I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the stories we get to tell. I'm grateful for the understanding of the creative process. And I'm grateful to be able to speak of this word and release it into that creative law and know without any question whatsoever that it's already saying yes. That yes is already happening. The good is already underway. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.